Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and film discussion. My name is Max Minardi. And I am Johnny Summers. Thanks for joining us. This week on the show, we have a review of the Oscar-nominated film, The Father, starring Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman. We've also got beers from Almanac Beer Company. We got a Saison and we got a Stout. And we have the results of round two of Beer Madness, our March Madness-style tournament where you can help us determine which New England IPA shall rule them all. To all of our KZFR radio listeners, you'll get a review of our first beer, those madness results, and the first portion of our discussion of The Father, which will, of course, be spoiler-free. To hear the full discussion, find our podcast at any of the following places. That's right. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a rating or a review, or really any quality place that you listen to podcasts. Instagram for photos, Letterboxd for film reviews, and untapped for beer reviews, all at Fresh Hop Cinema. You can email us at fhccast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to financially support the show, you can join our Patreon, where as little as a dollar a month, you can help keep the wheels from falling off. We love you guys. You love us. It's a very mutually beneficial thing. We provide excellent bonus content, if I do say so myself. Our bonus episode this week is our top five Anthony Hopkins performances, as inspired by the father of our main episode. We do fun stuff every every week, and you'll get a fun bonus episode with beer reviews, some some movie science stuff happening. It's really fun, and we're looking at getting back into some events, getting back into some movie theaters, hopefully. So if you're thinking about joining Patreon, you really should, because there's good stuff right around the corner. Yeah, and it's super easy. Again, it's patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. You can give us a dollar a week, the cost of a cup of coffee every month. And yeah, we get bonus content all the way back to, I think when we started in 2016, um, if you go back far enough, you're sure to find some gems of old segments. We used to do, uh, uh, what bonus 10 spots where we'd sum up movies in 10 minutes. We did uh, every favorite movie from the year Johnny was born up until today. Um, a lot of crazy six minute uh, fantastic facts we did. A lot of fun stuff. So, yeah, uh, there were 30 second beer reviews. Yeah. Or movie reviews movie at reviews. one point. Uh, so, you get access to all that for literally a dollar a week. So, if you uh, if you like our show and you want to support us in a, in a meaningful financial way, you can do that on, on Patreon. I think with that, Johnny Summers, that is all the housekeeping we have. Should we dive into uh, beer for the week? Yes, it's my favorite part. Let's do that. Okay, so we're featuring beers once again from Almanac Beer Company based in Alameda, California. We haven't covered uh, Almanac since episode 177 back in June of 2020. Johnny had just experienced Borderlands 3 and the drive-up service at Target for the very first time in the same week. I remember you were very excited about not having to get out of your car uh, at Target because COVID is the thing. You were like, just bring me my things. I, on the other hand, was trying to do the thing where I woke up early and lived a little bit more healthy, and I was also trying to convince Johnny that particular week that the film Shirley was a Josephine Decker film was actually pretty good. The last beer we had from Almanac was called Peach Sour Nova. Johnny gave it a 9.2 out of 10. I was a little bit more lukewarm, but still really excited at an 8 out of 10. So I've got high hopes for Almanac this week. Johnny Summers, you, per tradition, have picked out our beers. What is the first one we are drinking? That's right, I have. Our first beer this week is called Sunshine and Opportunity. It beckoned me from the shelf. Mm. It has a beautiful label. I'd love to talk about the label a little bit. But just the name, Sunshine and Opportunity, it spoke to me today. It's our first over 80 degree day of the spring. And I was like, I'm going to drink this. I don't even know what it is. It's coming home with me. We're doing it on the show. And what it is, it's a Saison, farmhouse style, 5.6% ABV. From their website, I shall read. 
Sunshine and Opportunity is a beer inspired by California's rich pioneering history. From Lewis and Clark to the Gold Rush to Hollywood and Silicon Valley, California has always attracted intrepid trailblazers seeking their chance to strike gold. We brewed this draft-only beer in that same adventurous spirit. Sunshine and Opportunity is a mixed fermentation saison brewed with oats and wheat and fermented with a blend of our house brewer's yeast, Britannomyces, and Lactobacillus, then aged in oak barrels and fodders. Mm. Finally, the beer is dry hopped with a delicate touch of citra hops for an aroma of lemon lime and peach skin. The result is a complex but quaffable farmhouse ale with flavors of pineapple, apricot, and a tropical funk with an intoxicating floral aroma. Pair with funky washed rind cheese, grilled quail, or stone fruit galettes. And I will add one caveat. Uh, This canned version was actually aged in barrels with pear juice. Oh, nice. I I think that's an important distinction to be made. Yeah, they say boldly on the side with the description on the can, this is not a kettle sour. And they mention also that they use, in addition to the citra hops, uh, Sabro and Mosaic in that dry hop, which is going to lend quite a bit of, I think, uh, sweetness when we get to this. Have you poured yours yet or had a chance to try it? I have poured mine and tried it. Okay, give me your initial thoughts. Well, it is really bright. It is, like, if I could describe a beer as, like, glowing in my mouth, it would be that. It's mm. it's really alive and vibrant, and I'm getting a ton of pear for sure, and I'm getting some nice tartness, a bit of that farmhouse ale, like musty barnyard taste, that funk. Mm -hmm. The funk is present, but it is not overwhelming. And there's two factors that could really ruin this beer for me personally. It's if it's too funky Mm -hmm. and too sour. And for me, this beer is just enough of both. Neither of them really take over, but they're both very present, but it's not so sour that it's not drinkable and it's not so uh, saison-y, let's say, that it is, is just not appealing. So my mouth is liking this one. I'm getting a lot of the fruit notes and definitely, like I said, the pear juice is right up front. It really is nice. Yeah. It looks pretty straight up just, you know, like, like you'd expect from a Saison, just something looking like a cross between like a Kolsch and a wheat beer. It's a sort of a pale straw yellow, a little bit of opaque. There's not much head left to speak of a little bit of bubbling towards the top, but, um, as far as the way it tastes, I think I should, for people that haven't heard the show before, I'm not always the biggest fan of a Saison or or many farmhouse ales. I think there's something about that funkiness you were talking about that is really tough for my palate for whatever reason. Like I've tried to come around, but, um, and I'm still working at it. It's just, it's not a flavor that I naturally enjoy. And I will say that it's not overpoweringly that. This beer is is very much mellow in that respect. There's a lot of that pear juice kind of coming through. Um, a bit of sourness too. In my brain, Almanac has these really piercing, biting sours, like really, really sharp edges and, and tough to drink more than a few ounces of. But this isn't that. And I don't think Peach Sour Nova back in June was that way either. So maybe I'm just misremembering this brewing company, but I'm enjoying this quite a bit off of off the top. Again, it's 5.6%, nothing too crazy. Like it feels like a really good sort of early spring beer. Yeah, I think, you know, they were like that a lot in the beginning. They used to have those little three, seven, five milliliter bottles yeah. of things like dog patch sour and right. and, diff- and they did a dry hop sour that I really enjoyed with like Azaka hops. They were mm-hmm. doing single hopped sours. I mean, and a lot of their stuff back in the day really did have that just piercing, just viscerally mm-hmm. jaw clenching sour where I think that the beers later in their, their career and like present day beers, 
they have found a, a much more desirable balance in their their sourness. They've found a way to balance that out with some drinkability so that you actually want to buy maybe more than one of their beers at a time, which is is good. I mean, not only from a business perspective, but just as a consumer, like I want to be able to enjoy these beers. I want to have more than just a sip before I can't do it without a whole bottle of Tums. So I feel like they've they've evolved in their their brewing game. And I think what you said was was somewhat accurate about their earlier work, but I, I think they've progressed nicely. You know, we've had some conversations over the past, actually almost almost exactly a year since the pandemic started, that some breweries have shifted sort of their production. And I think the last time this came up was Fieldwork having a bunch of different offerings. And I almost wonder if Almanac has done a, a similar thing where like you could go to the tasting room and, and try little bits of their beers, but since they've mostly been distributing, I would assume, um, they're doing things that are a little bit more approachable. Yeah, which is good. It's made the, their beer better, which will make their business more successful, which in turn will make yeah. them more money. But right. also, it'll make us it'll make us happier because their their beers are are fire. Like I would absolutely grab this for a day at the lake when I'm you know toes in the water, just relaxing. This would be a fantastic outside beer. Yeah. So let's get into the nitty gritty. Uh, is there anything you don't like about Sunshine and Opportunity from Almanac? Well, I mean, I personally would like this level of sourness and farmhousiness. With a little bit more sweetness. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I, I think it's a little sharp around the edges when it comes to those, those citrusy notes. It does get a little too acidic for me in that citrusy kind of way. Yep. Yeah, I'm getting almost a similar thing, but mine feels more, um, not quite as bitingly citrusy, but more, more like stone fruity. Like if you ever take a bite of a of an apricot, that's not quite ready to be eaten. Mm. Like it's got that sort of, it's not pithiness, but it's, it's a very intense tartness that or you might get from like a, uh, like a persimmon or something like that. Um, yeah. but again, it might pair really nicely with these Saison flavors, but again, I don't typically love those flavors anyways. So I think my biggest criticism is that it's probably a well-made beer for the style, but, um, you do still have to like the farmhouse style, even though it is a, a relatively moderate, uh, intensity one. Yeah. I think the, the real bottom line here is the biggest flaw with this is that it doesn't come with its own charcuterie board. <laughs> yeah, or like, uh, or you, stone fruit galettes, stone fruit galettes. Yeah, man, you give me some you give me some charcut. This this beer's world's better if I get some nice, you know, multi-grain crackers. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so then this would this would go so well with like a spring charcuterie board. Yeah, 100%. Where can people I know it's they get distribution around California. Where did you get uh, this one that we're drinking today? Yeah, I've been seeing their beers around pretty much any reputable bottle shop that I've I've been shopping at. They they carry them, but these the beers for the show this week were actually purchased at Spike's Bottle Shop. Great, that's easy. Um, you want to give it a rating out of ten? Yeah, I think so. Uh, for me, this beer is like a it's like a seven two. Okay, for me, it's a six point five. I think those are both reasonable ratings. I think those ratings would be higher if we were larger fans of the style. Um, but if you all get a chance to try it, again, it's sunshine and opportunity from Almanac. Let us know at all the places we just talked about. In the meantime, Johnny, do you want to get to our most uh, adrenaline-filled segment? Maybe talk about some beer madness? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's do it, man. I think uh, there's there's 
we're getting into the results of the Sweet 16. If you, if you haven't been with us before, our Beer Madness tournament, like Johnny said at the top, is like our ode to March Madness, but with beers. And this year, we're talking about New England IPAs, and we are into the results of the Sweet 16, a.k.a., in my opinion, the local bias extravaganza week. I don't think it's just your opinion. I yeah. think every single result will prove that. <laughs> um, so by the time you hear this, uh, voting in, in the Elite Eight will be live, so you can check that out on our website, uh, freshhopcinema.com. But Johnny, let's go through let's go th- through some results, shall we? Yes, let's do it. Let's list all of the California beers that won. That's basically what we're doing, yeah. <laughs> Which is fair. Uh, I mean, I, I like that we're getting the local community involved. I think this is a pretty good way to do it. Like, I understand that some of these objectively are better than others, but I, I like the fact that this is a bit of a local love situation. It's great to see people in Chico say, "You know what? This beer's better because it's made here, and yeah. I like it more." Yeah. So, okay. What yeah. was uh, what was our first matchup? So matchup number one was Hetty Topper versus Pulp, and mm-hmm. Pulp won with 58.51% of the vote. Fairly decisive, a bit of an upset. Again, Hetty Topper, sort of, if, if you were somebody who submitted a bracket to us, you might have had that winning the whole thing. It's widely considered the greatest New England IPA of all time. Um, but that won't be the last upset today. We also had Make America Juicy again from Heretic going up against Sacrificial Oat from Ghost Town, uh, which we actually got a chance to try earlier this week for the first time. It was very lovely. But Make America Juicy again did take it with 68.1% of the vote. Yeah. And in another matchup with local uh, favorites, I would say, uh, Secret Trail, Yeah, they were up against... Mind Haze with Secret Trails beer, Greengate. And Greengate won. Not really a big surprise there. Greengate's a really popular beer, and, mm-hmm. and Greengate took it with 61.6% of the vote. Yeah, I did my research. I had Greengate. They have it on draft over at Secret Trails, so I had it a few days ago before I voted. And and I've had Mind Haze from Firestone as well. It's it's pretty widely available, but I think Greengate, by far, the superior beer. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I had a Mind Haze not that long ago, mm. and I was completely adequately whelmed it was yeah. not under yeah. it was not over it was moderately whelmed yeah so we also had wonder dust from bear bottle going up against disco ninja from revision revision being another one that gets a lot of distribution here in chico and perhaps no surprise disco ninja won 62.2 percent. so that's moving forward as well and in matchup number five we had perennial powerhouse my favorite to win the competition julius from treehouse versus socks and sandals from Santa Cruz, California, a little brewery called Humble Sea. Well, humble brag, they won. <laughs> Socks and Sandals took down Julius with 57.45% of the boat, successfully eliminating Julius, my champion on my bracket. So good work, Socks and Sandals. It's a phenomenal beer. Uh, I hope it wins because it knocked out what I thought was going to win. Yeah, for better or for worse. I mean, Humble C saw that we were doing this and got involved on social media. And we're like, hey, people that like our beer, go vote. Um, and it did, yeah, dethrone Julius, which is, again, widely considered, uh, I think, the number two when we were putting these rankings together. That was a number two seed. So on paper, huge upset. Matchup number yep. six, Mind Circus from Russian River against a show favorite, Juicy Bits from Weldworks. We covered them months ago, and that beer I think we both gave tens to. We both like Mind Circus also, but um, I, for one, was very disappointed to learn that Juicy Bits lost to Mind Circus from Russian River with 59.09% of the vote. That local vote coming in hard and quick and strong. All right, matchup number seven, we had Soaked from New Glory going up against Orderville from Modern Times. And Soaked pulled it out. New Glory is, is a perennial favorite on yeah. this show. They're, yeah. they're friends of the show. We interact with them quite a bit. And they actually came in second place last year mm-hmm. in our, our West Coast IPA tournament with Ubedank. Yep. So Soaked is moving on to Which the is- Elite 8 
a great transition to our brewery who won the championship last year. That was Fall River. This year, we've got Num Num Juice from them going up against Smarter Than Spock from Monkish. And no surprise, again, local bias week. Uh, Num Num took it. 63.21% of the vote. I think going to make for a pretty intense and closely contested Elite Eight. I think you're correct. I think you should all get down to... Well, you don't even have to get down there. You can just do it on your phone. Sure. Uh, Freshhopcinema.com slash Beer Madness to get your vote in and let us know what you think should be the best New England IPA. Who's going to be the champion? You decide. You decide. Vote. Go do it. Okay. That is our Beer Madness update. Johnny Summers, it has been far too long. I think it's about time to talk about a film. What do you think? Let's do it. Okay. We're going to play you a trailer for the new film called The Father. We are not going to spoil it without giving you plenty of heads up. Here's that trailer. Stick around. We'll be right back. Date of birth? Friday, 31st of December, 1937. You're living with your daughter at the moment? Yes, until she goes to live in Paris. No, Dad, why do you keep going on about Paris? You told me. No, I didn't. I'm sorry, Anne, you told me the other day. Have you forgotten? She's forgotten. (laughs) Paris. They don't even speak English there. Dad, I'd like you to meet Laura. How do you do, sir? I say, you're gorgeous. Thank you. (laughs) I must say, he's charming. Yeah, not always. Laura has come round to help you. I don't need her or anyone else. I can manage very well on my own. Everything all right? Who are you? Actually, it's me, Paul. Who? I live here. What is this nonsense? Anne? It's me. Ah, there she is. Your father seemed a bit confused. Something wrong? Where's Anne? Sorry? Ma'am, where is he? I'm here. What's the matter, Dad? Strange things going on around us. Don't worry. Everything will sort itself out. Saw it in his eyes, didn't know who I was. It was like I was a stranger to him. Just did something to me. I don't know what she's cooking up against me, but she's cooking something up. What are you talking about, Dad? I'm not leaving my flat! I am not leaving my flat! This really is my flat, isn't it? You see, the situation is very simple. My daughter is of the opinion that I cannot manage on my own. I'm so sorry about this. Why? She understands perfectly. It's important. I explained it all to you. Why do you keep looking as if there's something wrong? Everything is fine. I think she tries to do the best she can for you, Anthony. Everything will be all right. I promise you. There's something funny going on. Johnny Summers, in a year that gave us Dick Johnson is dead, I thought, maybe naively, that we had reached our cultural threshold for emotional stories about children losing their parents to mind-wrecking diseases, and boy, was I wrong. Though... Only partially because Dick Johnson and so many other films about people suffering from dementia observe those people or characters from the outside looking in. And here, writer and first-time director Florian Zeller is not interested in telling us that story. Instead, just like in his French stage play, which this film is based on, The Father, he puts us directly into the experience of Anthony, an 80-something-year-old man played by Anthony Hopkins, dealing with increasingly aggressive dementia. The film begins with Anthony living alone in his apartment, where he claims to have been for the past 30 years, and, almost without us noticing, has suddenly shifted to a different apartment, now occupied by Anthony and his daughter Anne, played, sometimes, by Olivia Coleman. Over the course of the next 90 minutes or so, we glide along helplessly as Anthony begins to lose touch with his surroundings while fluctuating in and out of time. He often finds himself still in his pajamas by dinner time, and asking why his other daughter hasn't been by to see him in weeks, 
though as the audience we are under the distinct impression it's been quite a bit longer. As we kick things off here, I think we'll do our best as usual, uh, obviously, to not give away spoilers. Um, that perspective conceit that I just described is probably as deep as we'll get. I just felt like it would be almost impossible to talk about this film without establishing sort of that the weird time stuff that happens. Um, so Johnny Florian Zeller, the director, said in an interview that he wanted to ex- he wanted the experience of watching the film to be one of quote losing one's own bearings. I want to know how uh, the viewing experience played out for you. Were you along for the ride or did the perspective we were given as audience members distract from the message of the film? Uh, like we said earlier, we also just finished our top five Anthony Hopkins performances on, on our Patreon. And seeing as Silence of the Lambs is on both of our lists, I think the question needs to be asked. Does Anthony Hopkins, a man with an increasingly rich film history of portraying imposing, powerful, wise, and sometimes downright terrifying characters, did his performance here as a fragile, vulnerable, and sometimes terrified old man work for you? Well, it did, and I'll tell you why. It worked because Anthony Hopkins has accepted roles more suited to his age as he has, in fact, aged in Mm. his personal life very gracefully. Um, But he's portraying older characters like you saw in The Two Popes, like you saw in The Right. You see him portraying these characters that are way very specifically age-appropriate and you know, for someone who I believe is 83 now, what mm-hmm. more age-appropriate role to take on than someone who's losing their mind to dementia? So I, th- I think uh, <clears throat> his role really did it for me. I was very impressed. And, and to answer your question, was I here for the viewing experience? Yeah. I was, man, because, yeah, it was from the perspective of someone, you know, losing it basically. Yeah. Um, you know, what was the exact wording you used? It was, uh, uh, losing one's own bearings is what the director called it. Yeah. And you know, that was, and I feel like it didn't distract from the message of the film because I feel like that was the message of the film. I feel like the point of this movie was to convey the experience firsthand of what it would feel like to be slowly losing your mind and not realize it. And, Mm -hmm losing it to dementia and all this stuff. And, you know, every time I watch a movie, I look like, what's the point? Why are they making this? What is this trying to say? And this movie said a lot, man. Like you said previously, all these other movies have dealt with this topic in a way that is very observatory and not experiential. But you go into this movie and you're just, it's like being on the most anxiety inducing roller coaster. Mm -hmm. More so than a regular roller coaster. This is like a roller coaster that you don't even know you're on sometimes. Yeah. And it was, I believe to quote your text from 1AM, it was brutal. Yeah. It was so impactful emotionally and it was just such a tumultuous journey to watch this man be on and just be in this constant state of confusion and deja vu and and familiar faces being strangers and it was so firsthand and it was so jarring. I I don't think I was ready for that perspective that this movie was, was told the story was told from. So it really surprised me in that regard that it was so unique in its storytelling and Anthony Hopkins, I would say just a magnanimous performance. He was tremendous in this movie and Olivia Coleman was no slouch herself. She is, if she's sad, I'm sad. That's that's all I know about Olivia Coleman. Yes. Is like when she has sad eyes and a sad face, it makes me want to cry. And that means you're doing something right. She is 
absolutely tremendous in this movie as well. And I think it was a really important movie in that it was unique in its perspective. And I think it was really, really, really well executed. And I can 100% see why it is nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, to your point, um, Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman have also both been nominated as uh, Best Actor and Best Supporting Actress, respectively. Mm. Which makes sense. You know, they're, yeah, they're so good, man. I don't, you, you said my text at 1 a.m. I did start this kind of late last night. I didn't I didn't know much about this movie going in, so I kind of was going to put it on and sort of feel it out. I knew I had to be up early today, and I couldn't quite turn it off. Um, I certainly didn't expect the sort of gaslighting experience that happened to me and then that was happening to to Anthony in the in the film but I mean it's it really got with me like I think you should call this movie could be classified as a scary movie for a lot of people it's it's just such a real life terrifying thing and um to what you were talking about a little bit like when I think of movies um about dementia like it's it's very often from the sympathetic perspective but still the outside perspective like they're going through this but we are all totally uh, you know, there and aware of what's happening. And I don't understand how a movie hasn't been made from that perspective because it's so scary. There's a couple of times throughout the film where um, Anthony will say to somebody in the room with him at the time, like, don't like, they're going to go to the kitchen or, or go grab something from the bathroom. He's like, don't leave me alone. And almost inevitably when those moments happen, his, his brain sort of loses control. And then we're, we're hours or days or months later. And it's just like, it's so terrifying. It feels like this weird fever dream. Uh, that you're just kind of being sucked through. It's a nightmare. Yeah. It was, man. And it, it really, you know, like all, like we said, all those other movies, you had as the viewer, like your feet grounded in reality. Totally. This movie swept your feet out from under you and you were along for the ride with this descent in, into essentially a form of madness. Yeah. Which is, it's really, like I was, I had anxiety bad. Like my palms were sweaty for most of this movie. Mm-hmm. It was very uncomfortable to watch. It was so, like you said, a little gaslighty, a little confusing and hard to follow, but with yeah. obvious reason. Yeah, you know, it was it was there intentionally, and I, I, I've never seen a movie like this. Put it that way. Yeah, there's. I I want to make sure to address a few other things that I really enjoyed about it because it isn't all necessarily that disorienting storytelling. There's there's. There's a character played by uh, Imogen Poots who comes in as a caretaker, and we understand that there's uh, been a few caretakers that he's kind of yelled at and scared away. But this particular interaction when we meet her, Anthony Hopkins goes from from sort of goofy and amicable to to a menace in just the flip of a dime. It's wild, and it's kind of the thing that I was on the edge of my seat thinking about, like Hannibal Lecter. Like, where is this side of him? Because I know it's going to come out. Um, and he just has that kind of presence, but he's also so disarming that when he's talking about being a tap dancer and like, do you want a little cup of whiskey? Like, I'm like, oh, maybe I should relax. And then almost the moment I did, he, he flips on a dime and like kind of takes control of definitely the room in the movie, but also just the film in general. Like he had me, it's man, it's such a great performance. And Imogen Poots, who I think we last talked about when we covered a movie called Vivarium, um, over the summer, she's great. And she has this really this really like I, I bought her as this character and, and she seems to know how to handle him pretty well when, when that happens. But I don't know, man, it's, it was all, it's all very disorienting still, but it was, it was great. It was. And you know, shout out to Imogen Poots for having my favorite name in all of Hollywood. Great name. Um, she, she's so precious. I, I love her so much. Yeah. There, there are moments where we step away from the perspective of Anthony and we kind of get in the mind of Anne, his uh, Olivia Coleman's character. And there's one in particular that kind of caught me off guard. Do you know the scene I'm about to talk about? 
Uh, I do not. It kind of scared me. I was like, what? Oh, is that happening? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I don't think it's much of a spoiler because it doesn't happen, but it, it does put you in the shoes of, of as hard as it might be to admit what it might feel like to have to deal with somebody who is day to day sort of talking about how you're not their favorite child and you're kind of dumb and like, you're bothering mm. me, leave me alone, just go away. And there's a scene where we see through, through a doorway of Anne strangling Anthony in his bed. Mm. And, and then it snaps to a moment where she's back and she was just kind of imagining it. But I thought that was a really bold scene to add. Cause that's, I mean, I don't know that it would be the easiest thing to admit as somebody who is taking care of their aging parent or loved one or whatever, that sometimes it sucks. Yeah. And you might want to strangle, you know, and you would never do it, but that feeling is probably there. Your mind would go there. Yeah. Because you know, the sacrifice that she was making, you have to put your whole life on pause and move your father in with you. I mean, it was, there was so many levels to that, the trauma and the, the, the ripple effect of this condition it was it was really far reaching and and they they tackled that in a very good way i think yeah i agree um yeah man it was just so powerful i don't obviously we're not giving away the 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 you know any spoilers really but i did want to just give a shout out to to sort of the last major scene with anthony hopkins character he's just just such an incredible like i was i was sobbing i couldn't handle oh, yeah. it it's so powerful and he, i just think i commend him so much for you said i think he's 83 for he didn't have to take this film from, from this new director who's never, he's a stage play director and he's never done a film. Um, but he talked about, he renamed his character, uh, Florian Zeller did to Anthony kind of with the hopes that Anthony Hopkins would take it, take the job. Wow. Um, cause he was saying that, he, you know, he's been a fan of Anthony Hopkins for so long and he just thought he'd be perfect for this role, but he would understand if like, you know, that's a real thing. If you're 83, there's clearly, you know, you're thinking about your mortality more. This film forces you to do it. I was reading an interview with Zeller. I can't remember where it was, but um, they tried to do that final scene a couple of times. And at one point, Anthony Hopkins said, Hey, I just need a minute. I need to try to get into the right headspace. And he left for 15, 20 minutes to his trailer and came back. And then something in the room, I think it was a pair of glasses reminded, not the, reminded Anthony Hopkins of his actual father. And then what we see in those final moments is, is what came out of, of that realization. Oof. Just wow. Real, real powerful stuff. Um, do you have anything on this before I let people know where they can watch it? Mm. Just that like talking about that last scene almost made me emotional again. I know. It's great. Uh, um I think I have to take all of my hats and applaud Anthony Hopkins for, like you said, taking this role. He didn't yeah. have to take it. Yeah. But can you imagine anyone else playing this no. character? No, I with, can't. With the emotional depth. And the, just the breadth of sheer acting ability, like he, in his his later years, he is making some of his best work, mm-hmm. and it's really something to see. This movie was impossibly brutal to watch, and I'm gonna rate it really high. And I might never watch it again. Yeah, but I but I love it. Like it's it's I'm very conflicted about my feelings on this movie. It's yeah. it's something I don't necessarily want to revisit anytime soon. Yep, but it's something I'll never forget. Okay, then. Johnny Summers, The Father, out of 10, where are you going to land? Uh, it's a 9.2. 9.2, incredibly high. I'm coming down on even 10. This is a, a darn near perfect movie to me. I mm. just, I also, like you, I don't think I'm going to revisit it. It's too, it's too much. You know, it's, it's, we've, we've talked about this feeling with uh, the one that comes to mind is Nomadland recently, where it's yeah. just so real and based in, in reality that it's an incredibly well-made work of art, but it's, it hits too close to home. You know? Yeah, exactly. And to 
bring that into perspective, like there's certain movies that we watch and we talk about at great length and we analyze and break down that it's like hard sometimes personally to revisit for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time I've only ever seen once and that's a ghost story. Oh man, I haven't, I haven't watched that again either, but I, I consider yeah. it one of my favorite movies. Same. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And that movie for me in my heart, it's up on a shelf. I think about it sometimes. Sometimes I want to pull it down and play with it, but I just leave it on the shelf yeah. and love that it exists and love it for the beauty it is. But know that I like, I don't, I can't play with that again. Like, man, that was, uh, it's just, it's better on the shelf of my mind and someday I'll revisit it. But some movies are just a lot, man. And this, this movie was one of those, but I think that's, it's a very elite and, and good company of films to be in. I couldn't agree more. Once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema to our KZFR listeners. To hear the full discussion, find our podcast anywhere quality podcasts are found. The full episode will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And all of our podcast listeners will be right back after this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to March Madness, including Beer Madness. You can experience both right now at the Handlebar Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. If you're listening to this on Friday, you can head down to the Handlebar and watch the March Madness Final Four and vote in our Beer Madness Elite Eight. That's right, you can be involved in two tournaments at the same time. That is crazy pants. Handlebar has fantastic happy hour, seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. You're going to get money off draft beer. You're going to get money off cocktails. You're going to get half off bottle of wine. They have amazing food excellent spot they have a bunch of tvs get on down there watch the final four vote in our elite eight do all of the sports and enjoy yourself danger zone okay welcome to the danger zone if you've never heard the show before we are going to spoil The Father. If you haven't had a chance yet, you can go rent it again. Uh, it's on video on demand, about 20 bucks. Um, and if you don't want to be spoiled, go watch it. Pause the show. Come back and listen. The podcasts don't go anywhere. So, Yeah, my once you're done wiping first. wiping the tears out of your eyes um, and you uncurl yourself God. from the fetal position. I I left myself um, a little, like a few dishes after, because I was eating to watch. Like I sat down. I had a long day yesterday and I sat down at 11 to watch it. I made some food. I was like, I'll just do the dishes after. And then I remember like doing the dishes at one in the morning, like wiping tears and like still kind of crying, like trying to scrub a pot. It was, um, man, I, I will get to the ending at some point, but um, we don't necessarily need to start at the end. Although given the timeline of this movie, we probably could. Who would know the difference? Exactly. Like there's not much to say as far as like a linear plot. There is a little bit, but a lot of scenes get repeated often like like with different actors. Yeah. It, I mean, how much did that affect you? It disoriented me. hundred times. I'm like, yeah. which one is his real daughter? I'm, I don't, was that the real husband the whole time? Right. Oh fuck. And then at the end you're like, oh shit, was he in the hospital the whole time? And he was projecting right, his, right. his son-in-law on the, the nurse yeah, guy. Probably. Like, probably because he would have to see that face and inject it into his reality and his mind. He would have had to see that guy. Yeah. And so it's no coincidence. That's the same guy. Yeah, that's totally true. Um, yeah, I, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't, I can't, I just keep wanting to like talk about how I feel, but I, that's not going to make any sense for people that haven't seen it. But well, it's um, the danger zone. We're talking about like totally. we just, 
we just watched it. Though, and I want to know how you feel. Yeah, though I assume there are people that haven't seen it that still want to kind of understand coherently what I'm saying. So I do want to just Maybe. before I get to my final feelings, like, is there anything else uh, we want to lay out up to the point that we haven't been able to talk about till now? Well, the the rotating cast of characters, I think, was the main thing that is spoilery that I was avoiding. Oh, okay. You know, just Olivia Coleman's there, and then it's a different lady, and then there's two people that play her husband, one the real husband, one not it's very strange man it it totally spiraled your brain it like it literally i felt like my brain was melting yeah i think one of the things they did really well um or 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 maybe that, that zeller latched onto very accurately is the sort of obsessive or obsessing over sort of minute things that don't really matter that that does happen with people suffering from dementia like the watch is is kind of the big one um anthony's always like where's where's my watch did someone steal it is it in my hiding place where is it he's like watch watch Where's my watch? Um, which is actually even more tragic because I think he is sort of consciously or not aware that he's sort of losing his grip on time. So he's like, yeah. I need to know, please tell me what time it is. Cause I don't even know right. what day it is. Like that's very sad and it makes total sense. And that does happen, you know? Ugh. Yeah. And that, that was like the, such the through line of just like him grasping onto time and he's always grabbing at his wrist. It was so sad. Yeah. I want to get your thoughts on this. Like it's pretty clear that at one point, and I don't know even how I caught this, but in, in the very beginning of the movie, it could be when we're still in his flat or his apartment. Um, there's a, there's a couple of books on the shelf directed or directed written by a James something. And then it comes <laughs> up. Yeah. Uh, comes up that she used to be married to a James. Anthony mentions that. Um, and I, I wonder if like the, the scene where one of the husbands does like slap him in the face a few times, like abuses him. I wonder if that mm-hmm. was James. Like that's kind of how that marriage split or something. Like there's all these little nuggets of this could have happened this way or this way, which I think makes for an interesting watch, but, but definitely confusing. Also, I don't think this is one of those movies that like you watch it again. It's like, Oh, all the pieces fit like shutter Island. Like that's not yeah. the point of this. The point is none of it makes sense. That's how you're supposed to feel. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's supposed to be disorienting. And it worked so effectively. So Dear well. God. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, that scene where where the husband does slap him a, a couple times is like, what a what a dick. You know, like, uh, how are you gonna do that? What a, just a jerk, just a real jerkhead. That guy was. Yeah, man. That he was a jerk in a Knight's Tale. He was a jerk <laughs> in this movie. Always a jerk. That guy's just a dick. He's got those like eyes. He's got those dark sort of angry eyes. I couldn't actually, until you said that, I didn't. I was like, why do you look so familiar? It's absolutely a Knight's Tale. A hundred percent. Man. Also, yeah. he's got a great voice though. Like yeah. I would listen yes. to that dude do yeah. some books on tape. So does Anthony Hopkins. Those two guys oh. talking, pff, sit me down in front of a fireplace, pour me a small cup of whiskey. That'd be great. Yeah. I really liked, I liked them talking. They're just, British accents, or you wait, yeah. like Wales, UK accents, because mm-hmm. I know there's a difference, and sure, sure, sure. Wales will yell at me. Sure. Um, um, I just liked it, man. I liked their interaction a lot, even though that guy was terrible. But yeah, it was, man. I had like I had such bad anxiety, and I I didn't want to talk about this movie for like a beer and like twenty minutes after it. Yeah, and you watched this a couple days ago, right? Or no, yes, yesterday, night. huh? Yeah, yep. yesterday afternoon. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk. Let's talk ending. Shall we? Yeah. Do you want to talk about your feelings first? Oh, that's all going to tie together. All right, man. Cause there was so many feelings at the end. So what ends up happening is yeah. Anne has to finally put him in a home or he's always been in the home. But from our perspective, he, he gets put in an institution. Although I feel like institution is too harsh a word. You know what I mean? It seems like a nice yeah, enough no, place. It's like a home. 
it's a yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an assisted retirement living facility, home. sure. Yeah. Um, and and she tries to explain it to him, and then she leaves, and we stick with her as she leaves. And I thought maybe end of movie, maybe it could have even maybe have been mercifully the end of the movie. Um, right. Which I also think um, is a pretty, that wasn't accidental. Like it did feel like this could have been the end. And, and if you want to read into that in a dark way, it's like for her fucking I'm all right. I did my part. Like I, he's not my problem, which I don't yeah. think it fully felt that way, but a little bit, you know? Um, and instead of ending the movie, we do go back and spend some time with him as he's waking up from a nap or, or in the morning or, or whatever it is. Uh, very confused. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, we start seeing some familiar faces that, that ended up just working in this facility. So that's when, yeah, it starts to click. Like maybe he's just been misremembering and, uh, assuming these people are his daughter or his caretaker or her, his, his daughter's husband. Um, they just work here. Um, and, uh, basically he has a total disconnect where he forgets who he is, reverts mm-hmm. to a childlike state and has a full breakdown. And it's so tragic and sad. And we're just with him and and the and the caretaker as she kind of calms him down, and I think the final line of the film is, um, "You're gonna feel better in, in a couple minutes," mm-hmm. which is so sad but true. Yeah. And there's something about like, for me, one of the saddest things I can ever picture. This always makes me sad. Is like an old person eating alone in a diner. I'm not sure why mm-hmm. it's that, but it is. And the idea of being abandoned or abandoning a loved one for love or for a career or whatever your reason is 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 basically unconscionable in my brain. Yeah. Like, I don't care how bad, uh, and granted I haven't experienced this, so maybe take it with a grain of salt, but I like to think that in that situation, I don't put my loved ones in a home so I don't have to deal with them. I, it's your family. They raised you, you know? Yeah. Like, but the problem is like in that situation, like with Anne in this movie, she couldn't, he needed care yeah. more than she could provide. Yeah, and if you hit the, you like, you're going to have to hit that point where like, I have to work to like support you if you're going to live here, but yeah. you can't be alone. Yeah. And yeah. like yeah. that, that's the, the crux that you hit when you realize that they need to be somewhere with more help than you can provide. And that's, that's the heartbreak. I mean, I'm sure luckily yet I have not gone through this. My parents are getting older, Yeah, but like, I, there's lots of people listening that probably have, and I'm sure there's people that are, are or have been in that position, and that's got to be a very difficult decision to make. Like, when is that time? I know. And you know, it could be perceived as an unburdening with a strong dose of guilt. I could be projecting, but in that scene where we follow Anne out into her taxi and she leaves, I think that I detected the slightest smile of relief, like just a corner of her mouth, kind of like almost like she lets her shoulders down finally. Yeah. And like I, there's a, a untensing. Yeah. And if, if they, if it, which is why I think it was shot intentionally that way, but if they had filmed it differently, like if it was more of a remorseful thing, I, I think it wouldn't have not grossed me out, but like really bothered me quite as much. Cause, cause I think what you're saying is probably valid. Like if you can't take care of that person, it's, it's almost more torturous to keep them around without the care. It's not almost, it's way more torturous. Like that's rude, not rude. It's a, uh, um, cruel, you know? Yeah, exactly. But it just, I don't know, having to leave somebody in a home where they're so confused. Granted, he was very confused at home too. So maybe it's a lose, lose kind of thing, but shit, it sucked. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's a great way to sum up this whole movie. Like not that the movie sucks, but this <laughs> whole situation whole was just sucked. Yeah. I tell you what, man, as much as I love covering Best Picture nominees, 
I they're always like this. Like there's a reason these movies and movies that elicit such strong response are nominated for Academy Awards because they're powerful and they deal with heavy shit and they make you think and self-reflect and they're tough to watch sometimes and God, I'm ready for some summer blockbusters. Dude, as much right? as I love this movie, I love this movie. But like I said, I guess probably you. never gonna watch it again. Uh, we haven't we haven't even said this, but just to, to piggyback off your point, speaking of uh, best picture nominations, this is um, the final picture that we have not covered to this point. So we've covered Minari, Sound of Metal, Mank, Promising Young Woman, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Trial of the Chicago Seven, Nomadland, and now The Father. So we are done with those heavy hitters because next week we're covering um, Godzilla. Kong, what is it called? Godzilla versus King Kong. God, no, he's not even King Kong yet. He's just like Godzilla versus Kong, which I think again, like I'm, I'm right there with you. This is incredible, amazing, everything we've just said. But I'm also ready for like a popcorn sort of. Let's not watch a a giant lizard hit a monkey. Let's do that. Yeah, give man, that a that's go why for a week. That's why I really pushed last week to just cover the two animated features. I'm like, I just my soul needs a fucking break, man. Like. Yeah, this podcast is starting to like make me need therapy. Can I don't we know, just... man. Over the moon still got me crying at one point. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Yeah, like, kids' did. movies will do that, but yeah, <sighs> yeah. Like it was a nice breath of air, and like, they, I mean, I love doing serious movies, but I, I like the balance as well. Like, there's there's a new Guy Ritchie movie coming. That is I sent it really? A trailer for? Oh, that's I cool. sent you a trailer for it. Yeah. Oh, that's Guy Ritchie. Yeah, Guy Ritchie directed it. It stars what's his nuts, the bald headed, the transporter. Statham. Oh, Jason Statham, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And uh, I mean, after The Gentleman, I'll soak up anything that Guy Ritchie does. Man, I just saw – tangents. I love them. Um, I just saw like a clip of The Gentleman on some weird like Instagram movie movie Instagram thing that we follow. Yeah. Like I, I saw the, the Gentleman one other time after it came out, but it's the clip of Charlie Hunnam um, like trying to negotiate those those youths to give the phone back. Yes. And he's like just trying to be so – it's – uh, it doesn't matter, but it's like when people are so rude to you and you're trying to be polite and he finally just like pulls out an automatic gun. He's like, give me that you idiots. Yeah. And they're like, all right, here you go. Yeah. Like you could have <laughs> just done it when he said, please, here's some money. Give me that phone. They're like, no, we're tough. Bleh. Right. I uh, maybe want to watch that movie again. That's my point. I want to watch it again. I might watch it tonight. Sure. It's a good movie. Um, you got anything else on the father? <sighs> I would like to put it to rest, man. It was real sad. <laughs> Choice of real words, good. man. Come on. You couldn't have picked a different phrase. Uh, I would like to 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 lay this one to rest. I would, I would like to, um, you know, stick a fork in it. Sure. It's done. Okay. Great. All right. Again, the file is available for video on demand rental. If you see it, uh, let us know what you think. You can email us fhccast at gmail dot com. It's a nine point two. It's a ten for me. We're gonna take one more break because I need another beer, and we'll be right back to talk about more almanac. So stick around. Well, Chico, the weather is warm, the sun is shining, we're in the orange tier, it's time to get out and enjoy a beer. Do you not want a whole beer? Do you just want a little bit of beer? Do you want a little bit of a bunch of different beers? You should go to the Commons. It's our only self-serve bar right here in Chico. You just give them your card, you get a little magic card that lets you swipe and try as much or as little of every beer you want. It's a super fun concept. They're great dudes. It's a really nice setup. They got a bunch of fun games, there's food trucks, there's cornhole. It's a fantastic time. Their patio's tremendous. Not to brag, but my buddy Max plays music there sometime, too. Eh, shoulder, shoulder. Yeah, if you haven't checked it out, go down to the Commons and try yourself a beer. Tell them Max and Johnny sent you. It's at 2412 Park Avenue, right here in Chico, California. 
Well, hello there. We're back. And uh, it's the end of the show, so we figured we'd do a really strong beer with lots of coffee in it. It's been a minute Why since not? we've done this. I feel like we've been doing some really sort of uh, mid-ABV stuff. Yeah, I went hard this week. I was like, I got two beers that I just wanted to drink. That's like the perk of my job for the show. Totally. So I'm like, boom, I want this beer. Because the the first one, the the sunshine and opportunities or whatever, like spoke to me. And then I'm like, I don't want to do two sours. All of the uh, the IPAs weren't quite fresh enough for my liking. Totally, they they were well within range. They yep. were, they had like they had like two months on them, um, but still, I, I'm I'm a nerd and I'm picky, and also I love coffee stouts. So, yeah. Boost is a bold and decadent wireless company. Just kidding, it's a beer, and it's turbocharged with coffee and vanilla beans. We partner with a new coffee roaster for each batch, and you can check the canning date on your can to learn more about our awesome partners. Max, tell me more. Yeah, so this particular batch is brewed um, with uh, Proyecto Diaz Roasters. They're out of SF, and this is their Mayan Harvest Coffee. It's a dark roast, it's a Mexican bean, and it boasts notes of black cherry, burnt caramel, which is not a word that I would use to advertise coffee, and cacao. (laughs) About the burnt thing, maybe it'll work in beer. I'm not totally sure, but um, like you said, this is 9%, so worst case, I guess you catch a a nice buzz off of a coffee stout. Um, But we've both poured ours, I think. I heard you pour yours. Um, Have you tasted it yet? Well, first of all, the nose is tremendous. It's got like a a roasty, like mocha nose almost. Definitely a lot of chocolate Mm -hmm. on the nose. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little vanilla peeking through there. Very roasty. Like, I would have guessed dark roast, and I don't know if I would have used a dark roast for this beer. Let's just put it that way. I'm with you. I'm I'm curious. I'm I'm sort of apprehensive. Um, Between, yeah, between using a dark roast bean and the burnt caramel flavor description, I'm thinking this might be kind of bitter. But we'll see. Like, Mm. hopefully as it warms up, the vanilla is going to come out. But uh, this is all conjecture at this point. What do you you think? Have you tried it? Hmm. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. Am I am I kind of getting close? Hmm, well, yeah, man. Like it's 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 good. It's oh uh, oh. There's a the, weird there's a weird sort of almost tangy sort of fruitiness there. Oh, and then then it kind of then it comes around, doesn't it? Yeah, hmm. and then you get like like burned like some ashy like some charred barrel. Oh, it just gets uh, worse as you let it sit. It does. It just gets just bitter and and that, ugh, that was in unpleasant. Your mouth. That was unpleasant on my first drink. No, oh. this has this this coffee tastes off. I'm like going not back in. good. Like I don't know. I like coffee stouts. If you're using vanilla, maybe like a super aggressive dark roast that advertises as being burnt caramel. Like, dude, say toasted. Like, yeah. have you never yeah. heard anything about marketing? I I'm, I even want to double down because sometimes I'm very persuadable. Um, and I will say, even if I hadn't read burnt caramel. There's a distinct charriness to this that is, I don't think, even subjectively possibly good. Yeah, man. It's 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 burnt. It's like a burnt wood, ashy mm-hmm. type feeling, mm-hmm. man. Like if I ordered, like, I don't know, a dark, like I would never order a dark rose drip. But if I did and it yeah. came out like this, I would promptly order something else. Given our perspective as coffee, I'm not going to say snobs. Co- it, it, we'll say coffee. We're we're coffee folks. Sure. That sounds coffee like folks. we're not little, dicks. Yeah, <laughs> let's um, go with that. I don't. Let's yeah, go with man. The verbiage that makes us not sound like assholes. Yeah, you're about to say. I think something close. To like, yeah, we're not going to be ordering dark roast anyways. And like, even putting our coffee connoisseurism aside, like, I don't think this is any. Even if you are a Folgers person, but you also happen to like craft beer, mm-mm. I don't think this is probably. This is. I'm confused as to. <laughs> this is gonna sound so rude. I am shocked by how bad this is, considering the first beer was pretty good. Yeah, and 
I've had good stouts from them. I'm confused a lot as to why they thought this ratio and this coffee flavor complemented their beer in some way. It's yeah. it's off notes, man. It's 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 acrid. It's acidic. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot of things that you do not ever want out of coffee. Like dark roasts in their own way can be robust and rich and mm-hmm. nutty and yeah. and roasty yeah. and they can be good, but they this is just missing it, man. And to put this in a beer, like I don't get any vanilla. I'm just getting mm-hmm. burned coffee. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's it's it's actually sort of on the scale of the beer that I don't necessarily want to spend too much time talking about. I, I I'm gonna I've had two sips. I'm gonna go for one more, uh, just to give it a solid three and and give it a chance. But I I'm probably pretty okay with not spending much more time on this. If you are, that's rough, dude. I, I would love to hear more of what you don't like about it, and I don't want you to be nice. No, it's it's that's the thing. Like, there's not much more that I don't like. Like we've said the things, but those things are so powerful. And so yeah. overwhelming that um, there's just more of that. It's more, yeah, it's acrid is definitely the word. It's burnt, it's charred. It's um, like if I'm really fishing for some goodness, like there's some sweetness on on the underbelly of this thing that I'm kind of getting, but it's so, so intensely tamped down, coffee pun, um, by mm-hmm. this <laughs> bitterness. Like it's just bad, dude. I I don't know. Maybe if it warmed up, it would get better. And I'll, I'll let it sit in this glass. I'll, I'll take another sip in 10 minutes. Um but it's not it's not for me certainly yeah what was the brewery we did where we had a smoked porter <laughs> i don't know uh a smoked porter even. oh you mean like yeah. a like a like a rouch beer or something yeah ooh i could do some digging with, if you really want to it was within yeah it was within the last month or so maybe what? two months was it really okay yeah it was it was it was velvet something mm-hmm. to do with velvet because it, it was there was a hunting cabin i remember talked about like, i got deer you. make the velvet. make the point you're trying to make and i'll tell you the brewery after yeah so anyways that beer had some of the same notes but it was with more of an emphasis on like a smoky roasty burnt flavor being a smoked porter and i feel like th- i would rather have that beer and that beer was neither of our favorite beer in the world at all but it had a lot of the same tasting notes as this does which is you know, this could be a smoked coffee stout. Like it's just, it's got so much of that burned charred wood flavor. Yeah. But it's not, yeah, it's not smoky. It's, it's burnt. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, they left it in the smoker too long. Yeah. I'm not seeing it. I thought for a minute you were talking about humble forager, but that was a, uh, that was a dessert stout with their sugar shack diaries. Um, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I'm still kind of scrolling to see if I see it, but, um, off the, That's off right. the bat here. Yeah. Not, not picking it up. If anybody by chance remembers it, I'd like to know. Are you saying that one that one was pretty good or meh? Yeah, I'm saying it's better in comparison. Yeah. yeah. Like is okay, real talk yeah. for for you. Does sure. this land on the the Nick Land for Give me a comedy? give me a four loco any day over this. 100%. Yeah. This that's oh, this so, is trash. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think I'm going to agree. Yeah. I don't like being that spicy, but it's true. You know, like I'll do it when 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 it's the case. Like I'm not I'm not one to throw out an insult like that. Like those are fighting words, and I won't do that off the cuff for no good reason. But, um, yeah, man, this is this is trash beer. So I don't know what else to say besides that, which makes me not a great critic, but an honest man. So yeah, I'll take it. Um, let's rate it. Yeah. Ah, <sighs> yes. For me, ugh, God. Mm. 
It's not the worst beer I've ever had. I need to say that because we're about to rate it, and like I should just it, people are expecting maybe like a one. It's not the worst beer I've ever had. So, no, but it says it's like a two point eight. Yeah, it's a three for me. Like you know, don't. But how much? How much was it? Oh, it wasn't cheap. Then that's that's bull malarkey is what it is. Yeah. If this was, and I know that it was more because it's almanac. If it was more than four bucks, no, even three. You know. Yeah, this was like six ninety nine. Too I think. way too much. You can get way yeah. better. I don't need to beat people over the head with this. You know that you can get better beers for way cheaper or the same exactly. price. So buy a better like, beer. Exactly, like Velvet Rut from Melvin Brewing, which My was man. A smoked imperial there it is. porter. That's right. We talked about what the Velvet Rut was, and you told me it was like a thing where they shed their antlers or their fuzzies. I can't remember, but yeah, yeah, the velvet from their antlers. Yeah, right. And I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, I looked up some Urban Dictionary word. Exactly. Man. As reviewed on episode 207 of Fresh Hops. Man, Sandwich. I forgot Malcolm that quick. That's <laughs> not even that long ago. I know. That was like 10 episodes ago. I, I specifically like jumped into the, the the you know, like 200 and lower when I was scrolling. I didn't even think it was that close. Oh, yeah. No, it was recent. Wow. All right. Wow. Good. Wow. Uh, let's move on, shall we? You want to go to Hot and Bothered? Let's do it. Hot and Bothered. Okay, Johnny Summers, I, I realize looking at our notes, we're going off the cuff. So I'm going to go to you first. I want to know what's got you hot this week? What's got you bothered this week? And if you've never heard the show before, that's just us catching up after a couple of beers and movie talk so we can let loose and keep each other informed on our lives. Yeah, man. So while I haven't been watching movies or thinking about our beer madness tournament, I've actually been fully absorbed into March Madness. I was racking my brain getting ready for this segment thinking like, well, shit, what have I done lately? And I'm realizing... Really, all I've done is watch movies for the show and watch March Madness yeah. basketball tournament. Um, as this airs on the Friday it drops, we're going into the final four weekend, and I've watched probably 80% of the games oh, wow. this year. Like, yeah. I'm fully invested, and I've been having a blast watching it. There's been some really close games, some crazy blowouts, some last minute buzzer beater type drama that, like, in maybe half the games have come down to the last 10 seconds. So Wow, that's a good that's great, man. That's what you want to see. Yeah, so I've been really enjoying that. And aside from that, like we've tried to sneak in a few episodes of Star Trek, but mainly it's just been just that and I went on a weird rabbit hole on YouTube of sumo wrestling highlights. That is super weird. Yeah, man, I don't it's know It's good why. that you know that. It's, just, it's good that you know that's strange. Yeah, oh yeah, it's I mean, uh, I go on a lot of weird YouTube rabbit holes yeah. and that for sure is is up there. Um, but yes, there's, we have a bunch of new shows that we're trying to get into, but just, we've both been consumed with basketball. So honestly, really just the March Madness tournament has been dominating my content consumption. Nice, man. Uh, other than that, I don't have a whole lot else, dude. Been super busy with work and whatnot. So yeah, this is like one of the quietest hot and bothered for me you'll ever get. Well, I learned this week that I am almost as fast as a Honda Fit on a bike. Not quite, but I have a goal. <laughs> so on Friday, you and I went around town to our three spots where we have our brackets hosted. That's uh, Burgers and Brew downtown, The Handlebar, Longtime Friends, Commons, New Friends. And you and Shalina were driving, you were Honda Fit, and I was biking because it was a beautiful day and I really like it. So we met at Burgers and Brew, updated the bracket with Shalina's lovely handwriting. And then I, uh, I thought without you knowing, but you kind of predicted it because you know me, tried to race you to The Handlebar, almost got hit a couple times by cars. And I still don't know how, how much in advance did you get there before me? 30 seconds. Nice. So then, and that's what you said. You're like, we got here. You don't even ask how, how long it took. And I was like, I think I was close. So I can certainly beat you to the commons. 
So we updated our bracket at, uh, at the handlebar. Then we left, saw a couple of friends. Shout out to Chris. Shout out to, I think Chris is our only patron, so that's the only one I'm giving out. Um, <laughs> then we booked it to the common. Shout out. Biked there. Shout, wait, hold on. Shout out to Ben Murray and Alexis because- They're not they're patrons. Our, they're our friends. Yeah, I know, you but I think friends here, this is a money place. Give us money, we'll give you shout outs. I'm, I'm getting a money brain. That's what I'm doing. Wow. But you're right. Yeah, Ben, Alexis, great to see you guys as well. Um, booked it at the Commons, updated our bracket there, had a few beers, um, got to try Sacrificial Oat from Ghost Town, though sadly it did not make it to this next round. So, oh well. It was very good. It was, it was very, it was good. I thought it was good. Ooh, yeah. I just thought of a thing that had me hot that I wanted to add. Johnny, what else has been going on with you? <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sorry, right, do it. I may, I, I made a point to get a bottle of Mind Circus and like do a full like personal right. review of that beer. Yeah, you put it uh, on Instagram, right? Yeah, I throw it threw it up on our Instagram and I realized upon drinking it that I had never had that beer. Yeah, I think that I think I knew that. Yeah, so it was really good. Like I can see why it's going so far. It's a really solid offering, but it was fun. Oh, I went fucking kayaking too. My God. I have I've been living a life you're just trying just, to squeeze in extras right now do you think block, do you think that mind circus is better than uh juicy bits no okay so we're still not on, on any the same page that that should not have beaten it correct it was good though i just wanted to say that i tried it nice okay um so we tried beers you from the bracket and we updated the bracket so i thought that was great i got to bike a bit we got to drink some fun beers hang out a little bit which is always really nice these days yeah. Um, I also traveled uh, the day before that to Mendocino to celebrate a friend's birthday. Got to spend some time by the ocean. It was a stone's throw from where we had my bachelor party. We could see the house from the <laughs> house we were staying at, which I thought was really funny. Um, and then I played a really fun uh, cul-de-sac concert at a uh, friend Mark Johnson's place. And I played it solo, got to play some new original music, uh, which is always fun. I even started writing a new song last night on the piano, which is also really Ooh. fun. I'll probably spend some time doing that tonight. Um, so all in all, a pretty productive week for me. Excellent. And that's about all I have, man. Um, do you got any final end of show notes? Well, uh, yeah, man. This has been a fun episode. Thanks again to Almanac Brewing for making one good beer and one not so good beer. Oh, Whatever. Yeah. It's yeah, fun. Sure. They Let's write them an email winners. saying that. Hey, thanks. Kind of. Exactly. <laughs> and also, uh, heavy preview for next week. We mm. will be featuring Godzilla versus Kong as our highlighted movie. You've got some time to watch it. Uh, please, if you're on... What is that? What's it on? It's on HBO. Yeah, it's exclusively on HBO HBO Max. Yeah, I think you should sign up because they're dropping a lot of bombs this year. I don't know if that's true. What are you thinking of? true. Mortal Kombat. Okay, they're dropping a very specific type of bomb. They dropped the little things. Also, later in the year, The Matrix 4 is going to be on. Like, they've they've got got, got a lineup. How much is is HBO Max? I don't know. I think it's... 13 bucks a month. It's look, if you like movies like Mortal Kombat, the little things, Godzilla versus Kong, if you liked the third Matrix, it might be for you. I think most of those, not great. But also, like, HBO has some really good original content, like from my Hot and Bothered a couple weeks ago, like Doom Patrol. They also have, like, all the back episodes of The Sopranos. Like, I want to go back and watch Boardwalk Empire again. Game of Thrones, The Newsroom, one of my favorite shows of all time, which I still need to watch. You gotta watch The Newsroom, man. It's right. fantastic. See, now you know why we should subscribe. Oh yeah, if, if you're doing it for the newsroom, I will. I'll I'll pay for it for you. No, I won't. Oh, I'm not gonna do that. Snap. But but please do it. Okay. If you subscribe to to 
HBO to watch the newsroom and you write Max a report on it, he'll buy you a beer. Oh, that's absolutely true. I will. Yes, 100%. Or if you just join our yep. Patreon at the $5 level, we'll buy you a beer. So that's it right. all works out. Yeah. So next week, Godzilla versus Kong. I don't have the beers lined up yet. I like to keep that a mystery. I mm. might try and bring some fun stuff back. I'm going to be up in Fort Bragg this weekend. So oh, nice. I might go do some shopping while I'm out. Perfect. Uh, other than that, no, man, that's it. Uh, who could this show be not possible without unto, therefore, their dying a love and affection? Oh, that would be my sister, Bailey Minardi, and in no small part, all of our patrons on Patreon, our friends at the Handlebar, the Commons, all of our listeners at KZFR. If you're new to the show, by the way, and you're catching this episode, welcome. We appreciate it. If you get a chance, give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. That's fine. Any place that accepts ratings and reviews. Give us one. That'd be awesome. Um, if you see any of the movies we've talked about or you've tried any of the beers that we've drank, let us know. We love hearing from people. Uh, send us a voicemail if you want, a voice memo even on your phone. Email it to us and we'll listen to it and probably play it on the show. Maybe. Who knows? Um, I think that's all I have. So that's- Vote. Thank you. Beer. Of course. Madness. Of course. Round two is- or Round three is yeah. live now. We're moving along. It's the elite, it's the elite eight. It's all California matchup. Help us decide who the number one- New England IPA is who will rule the land. Will it be our powerhouse winner from last year? Will it be a new up and comer? You got to vote. Help us find out. That's Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi. We're Fresh Hop Cinema. We love you. Be good to each other. Drink good beer. We'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.